Thank you. Praise the Lord. Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. It's good to be back. And uh, you know our God is a great God. Amen. Amen. Our God is faithful. I was, I was going to ask a couple of questions. But it's okay. Just, oh, you want to... Okay, no, please. You take over, bro. You no, no, no. I was wondering what he was doing standing next to me, you know. You know, when, I, when I'm ready to preach, I go straight into it, you know. No, but, but I want you to know that uh, God is a good God, faithful. Sometimes when you and I are not faithful, God is still faithful. Amen? He never changes. And thank God for that testimony, Eugene. In fact, last night, Eugene and Milan took me out for dinner. Can you believe that? In spite of having that surgery, in 11 days, he can take me out. I kind of twisted his arm to do it anyway. (laughs) And for all you young people, you need to recognize that one day you will grow old. You don't think about it, but one day you will, right? And then your prostate will give you problems. So you see, when, when we are young, we need the prostate or else no babies. But then the devil attacks the prostate when we are older. You ladies, your breasts give milk to your babies. And then when you're older, the devil attacks your breast too. Breast cancer, isn't that right? So just know that we live in a fallen world. We are conflicted souls. We want to do what is right, but many times we do the opposite. Isn't that true? Conflicted souls. Tell your neighbor, conflicted souls. And that is why we need God. Are you with me? We need God in our lives Because without God, I guarantee you, you will mess up. No matter how smart you are, how intelligent, how educated, how well-connected, how rich, how wealthy, how famous, without God, you will mess up. And that is why we need God in our lives. We need to humble ourselves and ask God every day for guidance because we are not that smart. Amen? That's why we pray. You know, when you pray, what are you doing? You're saying, God, I'm smart, but not that smart. I'm strong, but not that strong. That's why we pray. Amen? We pray not for God. Does God know your needs even before you voice them? Does He know? Of course. So why pray? You're not praying for God. You're praying for yourself. Because when you pray, you are acknowledging God I need you. Amen? So, I'm not preaching yet. So, (laughs) Albert Einstein, you all know Albert Einstein, right? One day he was on a train going somewhere and the ticket conductor came. Okay, and uh, wanted to check the tickets and and Einstein couldn't find his ticket, you know. Looked everywhere, checked his coat pocket, opened his bag and couldn't find the ticket. And conductor said, sir, we, don't worry, we know who you are. We all know Albert Einstein. So no need to check the tickets, all right? And then he went and went to check other, other passengers' tickets. And then when he turned around, he saw Einstein on his hands and knees, you know, looking for his ticket under the seat. And so he went back, he said, Dr. Einstein, I already told you, we know who you are. No need for the ticket because... We know you're not cheating, you're just an absent-minded professor, you know. (laughs) Then Einstein said, look, sir, I also know who I am, but I'm looking for my ticket 
because I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> the ticket will tell me where I'm going. You understand? So my question to you this morning is, do you know where you're going? Now, when you know where you're going, friends, it makes all the difference in the world. Why? Because whatever problems, whatever challenges, whatever sickness, whatever adversity you face, you've got confidence. You know that God is with you. Amen? But without that, and you don't know where you're going, you're in big trouble. Because when the adversity hits you, when the storms come, and believe me, they will come, right? And then you don't know where to turn and what to do. You become perplexed because there is a devil and he will attack you. He will make sure that he attacks you and confuses you so that you do not know where you're going. All right? So, as long as you know where you're going, praise the Lord. God is with us. Let's look to God in prayer, shall we? Ask God to bless our time together. Father, I want to thank you for today. Thank you for this wonderful church, their hospitality and generosity. I pray that you will bless them multiple times in return and reward them for all they have done. And I pray that their hearts will be on fire for you. In spite of living in Australia, the good life that could make us complacent and uh, forget the goodness of God, let us Use these blessings, Lord, to be a blessing to others. Bless this church abundantly. And I want to praise and thank you, for we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And talk about Milan, right? Uh, like, like Eugene said, when he woke up, when he opened his eyes, the first person he saw was his wife. So that's right, you've got to cherish your spouse, huh? because they will be with you through thick and thin. Not like this man who came back from church, huh? and saw his wife in the kitchen, and he hoisted her up into the air. And the wife said, what, what happened? Did the preacher preach a romantic message? And the man said, no, then why did you lift me up? The man said, the preacher told us to lift up our burdens to the Lord. <laughs> so, your wife is not a burden, okay? So don't be a burden to your spouse, but a blessing, all right? Really. I've been married almost... 34 years, and I thank God for my wife because without her, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. You understand? Sometimes we take each other for granted. Okay, friends, now we start preaching. <laughs> Can I ask you this? What is your passion in life? What really are you pursuing in life? I know all of you are at different stages. So when you're younger, in your 20s, you pursue something else. When you're 30, 40, 50, things change, right? We, uh, we go through different seasons of life. And that's why I love that song, you know. Uh, you are forever in my life. You know that song? You see me through the seasons. I love it. Because truly, God is there with us through all the seasons. So what are you pursuing? Are you pursuing money? Are you pursuing success? Are you pursuing happiness? Are you pursuing fame? Fortune? Really, think about it. Take, take a few seconds and ask yourself, really, 
I know you're in church and thank God it's good you're here. Amen? And it's very important which church you go to. Do you know that? I like this church because I can wholeheartedly recommend this church to anybody. Some churches you're not sure. Not that they are not good, you understand? But, but you're not sure. So you may not be able to recommend wholeheartedly. But for Grace Church, no problem. Anybody ask, is this a good church? Should I go to this church? I say, by all means. Okay? So it's important to choose the right church. There were these two mosquitoes. Eh? <laughs> mosquitoes. Best of friends, all right? And they go everywhere together. So one day, the first mosquito told his friend, you wait here and I'm going to get some food. So five minutes, he came back. True enough, his stomach full of blood and he's full. But the, the friend, the, the other mosquito was still hungry because he was waiting there. He says, now it's my turn. Where did you go to find food? He said, I went to church. Ah, you go there too. So the friend said, okay, my turn. You wait here. I'll go. And then five minutes, he came back. No blood in his stomach. Still hungry. And not only that, he was panting, you know. He was tired. <sighs> so the friend said, hey, what happened to you? He says, hey, you tricked me, you know. You deceived me. I went to church, but I couldn't get blood. So the friend was confused. Hey, which church did you go to? Oh, I went to the Pentecostal church. They were jumping, waving their hands, clapping, you know. And I was trying to avoid being hit. And so I couldn't, I couldn't land on anybody because they are so active, you know. So he asked his, his friend, which church did you go to? He said, oh, I went to the Catholic church. They're all very quiet and still. So it's very important which church you go to, all right? That's a joke, by the way. But, but the truth is, it's very important which church you go to. So back to my question, what do you pursue in life? Really, friends, what do you pursue in life? See, a lot of people go after things that are temporal. Let me tell you according to the Bible, I'm going to preach just one verse, okay, but a powerful verse, if you apply it in your life, it will make all the difference. And you know, I've been preaching for some time and I've learned one thing. When you come to a church like this to preach, you're not here to give out more information. You're not here to give people knowledge because you guys are knowledgeable and full of information. Perhaps some of you have even more knowledge than me. So I'm not here to give you information. Are you with me? My job, basically, as a preacher, is to challenge you to do what the Word of God says, to practice it, not to give you more knowledge. Agree with me? Yeah, because knowledge you all have, but to act upon it, that makes all the difference. So the job of the preacher is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Hmm. So we got to balance and do both, all right? So according to God's word, let me tell you this. Your main purpose and pursuit in life is not to make money, not to be happy, not to be successful, not to be famous, although there is nothing wrong in all these things. Are you with me? Is it true? Nothing wrong to be rich, nothing wrong to be famous, nothing wrong to be successful, but your main Pursuit in life is not all these things. Can you say amen? Your main goal in life is to obey God. Obey Him, fulfill God's will in your life, and then, in the process, you find your happiness. 
you find your success. You find your money. You find whatever it is you want. Are you with me? So God first. Obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Come on, sing it with me. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Are you with me? So this is a very important principle. When you follow God, obey God, fulfill God's will in your life, in the process, you'll find all the other things. How do I know? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It's a verse we should all be familiar with, memorize it even. One verse, Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Let me say it again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Amen? I checked this word all in the dictionary. All means all. Alright? Not some not many, not most, but all. That means everything. So you see, friends, if you're looking for happiness, if you're looking for a husband, you're looking for a wife, you're looking for fame, you're looking for success, nothing wrong with all these things, but you seek first God's kingdom. You obey God first, and then in the process, you will find all these other things. Amen? Okay, look at King Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 3, one night, you know this story well. God appeared to Solomon in a dream. And what did God tell Solomon? You can ask anything you want and I will give it to you. Isn't that great? Right? I, I would like that. God never appeared to me like that, you know. And say, Lawrence, you can ask me anything and I'll give it to you. I like dreams like that. Has anybody of you, anyone here, got a dream like that? I'll be so excited, no? God says, anything you want, I'll give it to you. But that's what he he asked Solomon. And listen, Solomon was so humble. His heart was in the right place. He did not ask for long life. He did not ask for power. He did not ask for success. You know what he asked for? He said this. He says, Lord, I am but a little child. How humble is that? He's the king, you know. But he says, I'm but a little child. Lord, I do not know how to govern this great people of yours. So give me one thing, Lord. What did he ask for? Wisdom. See? He asked for wisdom. And you know what the Bible says? God was so pleased with Solomon, God gave him everything else also. You catch the principle, my friends? When you ask God for the right thing, God will give you everything else. You catch it. Write that down. Engrave it in your heart because this is a principle that holds true for all centuries. If you ask God for the right thing, God will give you everything. So look at Solomon. God not only gave him wisdom, but he had everything else, right? Great kingdom. You know, 
money, power, success, fame. Even women, you know, he didn't ask for women, but God gave him. 700 wives, 300 concubines. I'm not advocating womanizing, all right? I'm just trying to tell you, Solomon had all of that. One each night, it'll take three years to go around. Have you ever thought about it? Yeah, he got everything. Of course, it's up to us to manage what God gives us, okay? Are you with me? So you see, the principle is this. When you ask God for the right thing, God will give you everything else. So listen, friends, if you put God first in your life, if you seek to obey God in your life, whatever comes your way, you can handle. Are you listening? Because you know you are obeying God. So adversity comes, problems come your way, sickness comes, problems come, financial problems, physical problems, marital problems, children problems, spouse problems, doesn't matter. Business problems, you know that you're obeying God and these are just a phase you go through, but God will give you everything else eventually. Are you with me, my friends? Now listen, listen. The opposite is true. If you ask for the wrong thing, you're actually messing up your own lives. So let, let me ask you this. Think about it. Do you think it is possible for people who come to church and still ask for the wrong thing? Is it possible? Yes, of course. And that's why we have problems because we dig our own grave. We are asking the wrong thing. I've seen it happen so many times. Can I give you a few examples? Hello? Would you like to hear a few? Okay, let's take a young girl, all right? She's beautiful, she's attractive, she's looking for a boyfriend, okay? And this has happened many times. So the pastor tells her, the father and mother tells her, look, you know, if you want a boyfriend, that's great, but get someone who is a Christian, preferably someone from your own church, but if not, at least a Christian. Why, why? Well, because when you get married, and if you don't share the same values, you're going to have lots of problems, right? How you raise the children, how you spend your money, how you organize your home, because you both have different values. But she doesn't believe that. She says, you know, but we are so in love. So she meets this guy who is not a Christian, tall, dark, and handsome, charismatic, he's rich, he's so, you know, wow. And so she falls in love and she says, you know, it's different. Our love is special. You understand? She does not listen. And she tells God, I want this guy. And the Holy Spirit tells her, no, he's not right for you. But she says, I want him. So if you want it hard enough, long enough, God will still give it to you. Because that's your will. That's your choice. Are you with me? God doesn't go against your will and your choices. Let me ask you, why are you here today? Why are you here this morning? I'll give you the answer. You're here today because you want to be here. Right? Nobody put a gun to your head and say, you better come. I hope not. Huh? Huh? Nobody did that. You are here because you want to be here. You understand? God gave us free will, a choice. And so the choices we make are very important. So you ask God for the wrong thing. And so this girl says, I want him. So eventually she gets him. And then after they get married, after the honeymoon, problems start. Okay? No more honey. Just the moon. Okay? And then... They'll come to the pastor for counselling. What, you think your pastor is David Copperfield? You think he can do magic and make your problems disappear? No, because you ask for the wrong thing, you're actually messing up your own lives. Are you with me, my friends? 
Bible says very clearly, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You obey God, you put God first. Everything else will be added unto you. Can you say amen? Do you really believe that? Yeah, but you look at the way some of us live. We don't. Because we go after all the other things first and God comes second. Or third, or fourth, or fifth, or sixth. You see what I'm saying? You put God first, God will honour you, my friends. Okay, or another, another story. There's this man who wanted that promotion so much. He's married, he's got children, but that promotion will require him to go overseas to work. And he couldn't bring his wife and children. And, and the wife said, I don't think it's a good idea, even though it pays much more, but let's be happy with what we have. But he wanted it so much. So he went. And eventually, while he was there all alone, he got involved with another woman. All the money in the world is not worth it, right? Are you with me, my friends? If you ask for the wrong thing, and it is possible to come to church and still ask for the wrong thing, are you with me? You all look so serious. By the way, let me assure you, I'm not angry. Eh? I'm not angry. This is how I preach, okay? So, if you ask for the wrong thing, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. You mess up your own life. You understand? And that is why we must ask God for the right thing. We ask God for wisdom, just like King Solomon. And God gave him wisdom. Did he not? He wrote three books. Can you remember? First one is Song of Solomon. When he was young and in love, he wrote Song of Solomon. And then he, he wrote Proverbs, all the wisdom there. And then he wrote Ecclesiastes, when he was much older, okay, about to die. Because the last verse says, you know, the, the conclusion of the whole matter is this. Obey God, fear God, and keep His commands, right? So God gave him a lot of wisdom. He wrote three books. But he also had all the other things he did not ask for. So my dear friends, what are you asking God for? What is your main pursuit in life? Think about it, friends, because I really don't want you to mess up your life. Amen? Hello? And not only that, when you ask God for the right thing, listen, your church becomes effective and spiritually vibrant and strong. Amen? You see, because you are not distracted. If everybody is asking God for the right thing, Wow, what a powerful church you will have, right? You will be doing the will of God, extending God's kingdom, being a blessing to so many others because you are walking in the will of God. You are walking in the light. Just now, our brother was talking about the light and darkness. Whereas, where there is darkness, the light will come and dispel the darkness. The darkness can never withstand the light. Amen. So are you walking in the light? Not just do you see the light, but are you walking in the light? There's a song, you know, we, we learn in Sunday school. I don't know if you sing it here. Walk, 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 walk in the light. Have you heard this song? Walk, 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 walk in the light. Walk, 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 walk in the light. Walking in the light of God. Just a simple song like that. Yes. You want to try it? Walk, 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 walk in the light. Walk, 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 walk in the light. Walk, 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 walk in the light. Walking in the light of God. Are you? Hmm. You know, Christians don't tell lies, you know. We just sing them. 
know, Christians, they just sing them many times. So we must practice what we preach and we must do what we sing. Amen. So friends, ask God for the right thing. And God will give you everything else. You know, I love to share my testimony because I like to give God glory just like Eugene did. I wanted to be a lawyer, really. That was my dream. But God called me to be a preacher. Honestly, I tell you, I wasn't gung-ho about it, you know. When God says, be a pre- I didn't say, yes, hallelujah, no. In fact, my reaction was this. Ayah, you know. <laughs> Typical Singaporean Chinese. Ayah, you know. <laughs> when, when God called me to be a preacher, I said, no, Lord, I don't want to be one. But then to cut a long story short, I remembered the story of Jonah, right? Yeah, Jonah tried to run away from God. So I says, better be smart, not foolish. Obey God before he sends the fish, you know. (laughs) So I think I made the right choice. So 35 years now, I've been preaching. God has been so good, right? Because I sought to obey God. I seek first God's kingdom. Wasn't easy, you understand? Because I had to forego, I had to sacrifice my ambition to be a lawyer. But now I look back, it's no sacrifice at all. You see, I could have been very rich, I think. I think. But if I had backslidden, what's the point? Right? If I got all the money and then I'm living in sin, what's the point? Right? Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, and loses his soul. You see? So I look back now, after 35 years, and I thought to myself, perhaps I could have been very rich, very successful, you know, as far as the world is concerned. But if I'm not walking with the Lord, what's the point? I'm creating trouble for myself. Are you with me, friends? Yeah? So if you ask for the wrong thing, you're asking for trouble. You're digging your own grave. But when you ask for the right thing, God will give you everything else. So I obeyed the Lord and 35 years have come and gone. Let me tell you, I lack nothing. Amen? God has provided for me beautifully. For the first 10 years, I was pastoring and then for the past 23 years, now I've been itinerant, traveling here and there to preach God's word every week in a different church and thank God for churches like yours. Amen? And God has provided. You know, when I see the little kids running about, so beautiful, the princess with her tiara. I asked her, can I have your tiara? She says, no way, okay? My kids were that young when I started. Timothy was eight, Jason was six, and Stephanie was one. I still remember clearly. Today, they are all grown up. They all graduated. They are all working. My, one of my sons married in Perth, working there. You understand? God provided beautifully. If I tell you all my testimonies, we'll be here the whole day. See? But God provided with no money because for the past 23 years, I did not take any salary. And I always like to joke, you know, I have no financial problems because I have no finance. (laughs) God provides. You see? And I want to thank you for the offering that you collected for me. You, you, You understand what I'm saying? But I don't go around to get money. You understand what I'm saying? I go around to do God's work and God provides in the process. 
So you remember my first question? What are you pursuing in life? If it's money, if it's success, if it's fame, whatever it is, you seek first God's kingdom. And as you seek to obey God, in the process, you will find what you're looking for. Is that true? Another verse says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will grant you the desires of your heart. You see, friends, God knows your desires. All right? So seek first God's kingdom. And for all you parents, it's not in my notes, but I like to put this in, the little ones that you have, so precious, right? Amen? Please learn to discipline them also. When you love them, you've got to discipline. Don't let them have everything they want. Don't spoil them. Because if you spoil them, when they grow up, they're going to create trouble for you. You see, but when you discipline them, you bring them upright in the ways of God and with the values of God. When they grow up, your life is simpler. I'm not kidding. Okay? So, of course, it's hard to discipline them because you love them so much. But you have to. I always like to say this when I see young families, young parents, okay? Because like my kids, I told you many times before, like Timothy, you know, when they were young, Timothy, Jason, I says, Tim, stop it. Then he won't listen, you know. I raise my voice. Tim, stop it. Still won't listen. So when I go home, I say, okay, Tim, bend down. Mr. Arotan is here. <laughs> the Rotan. Some of you don't believe in using the Rotan, but let me tell you, the Bible recommends it. So I, I, won't rec- I won't argue with the Bible, you understand? Okay, so let me tell you, I says, Tim, bend down. And he says, Dad, no, please, I'm sorry. I say, look, son, I do it because I love you. It hurts me, but I do it. Be-. And he says, don't, don't love me so much, you know. <laughs> you have to love me. And so, you look at all three of them, they've grown up well, even though I say so myself. You understand? No, I'm not kidding. And I'm not taking any praise for it. I'm saying I follow the principles laid down in God's Word. Are you listening to me, friends? You look at me. I'll tell you, I am not, I'm not the best person in the world, okay? I'm not the best man here. I look at this congregation. I know some of you men, you've got better men here than me. You understand what I'm saying? In fact, I'm a real rascal if you I really am in my younger days you know still a little bit you know now but much better and why God called me I don't know I really I really will ask him when I get there I never felt worthy or a preacher material you know I never ever felt that even today I I don't dress like one talk like one act like one I don't because I tell myself first I'm a human being secondly then I'm a preacher you know some people are preacher mode all the time, you know. They are pastor 24-7, you know, all the time. Never let up being a pastor. <laughs> you know, some, always serious, no joke, very serious. So I'm not like that. I'm just a normal human being. You understand? Of course, everyone is different. But my point is this. I'm not the best person around. And I know it. You follow what I'm saying? But in my heart, I have always sought to obey God in my own way. And God honors that. You see what I'm saying? So my dear friends, God sees your heart. You may not be the best character or personality around, 
you may look at yourself and say, God, I have so many flaws, so many weaknesses. Well, welcome to the club because I'm like that. But I've always said, God, you can use anyone, right? So use me, Lord. I want to be of service to you. And God has. And I give God all the glory for that. You see? So my point to you is this. If you ask God for the right thing, if you seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, He will give you everything else. Amen, friends. Everything else. And those of you who have everything, remember the Bible says not to be proud, but be ready to share with those in need. Amen? Recognize that you are where you are not because you are so smart. You are where you are because God put you there. Hallelujah. So that you can have the influence and you can be the blessing that God wants you to be. Okay? So, when you ask God for the right thing, God will give you everything else. Don't forget that. That is the message I want to impress upon you today. So now, I ask you to take a minute to think. What are you asking for, actually, in, in this life? What is your main desire? Hmm? Is it the things of this world or the things of God? And I've been to many places. Let me, I'm going to close now, all right? I'm going to land. The plane is going to land already. Listen, I've been to many countries and, and this is the big danger, if I can put it this way, that people who come from affluent countries, they tend to get complacent. All right? I, I told them, Singaporeans and Australians share something in common. We suffer from a disease called affluenza. We're too affluent, you know. And then we get complacent or even cocky. Okay? You look at Africa, for example. Those guys, when they are sick, They've got no insurance, right? No money to see the doctor. They queue up to see the pastor for prayer because they've got no other recourse. So they, they queue up long, long hours just to see the pastor for prayer. In Singapore and Australia, we queue up for the iPhone. Right? You see the difference? We are prepared. Some of you are feeling very uneasy already. But it's true. Okay? We may not like what we hear. And I'm not here to criticize you. Are you with me, my friends? Listen, right now, in the spiritual realm, there's a battle. You get what I'm saying? You may be a child of God. You may be a Christian. But like I said, you may be asking for the wrong thing. And you don't realize it until somebody, God sent somebody, the prophet or the the preacher or the speaker, to, to bring it out to your attention. Are you with me, my friends? And in the spirit realm, there's a battle. There's a battle. And if you want revival, listen, friends, if you really want revival, you must be willing to put aside all these other things, temporal things, and say, God, you are my number one. You are my first priority, more than my job, my business, my family, Everything else, you are number one. And then when I seek you first, all these things shall be added unto me. Can anyone say amen? Yes. Provided you are willing to do that. Then there will be revival. If not, it's just going through the motions. Listen, 
when we get to heaven, you believe one day we'll, we'll be there? All the things in this world won't be so important anymore, right? Your bank account, the car you drive, the house you live in, the school your children go to, the university they graduate from, all these things are important, are they not? Come on, don't look so spiritual. Are they not? These things are very important, right? Your titles, your designation, your status in life, all these things that are so important to us now, when we get to heaven, they won't be important at all. Is it true? That is why I keep reminding myself, I'm no different than you. I too want a good life. I too want to be comfortable. I too want the best that this world can afford. But many times, I just sacrifice when God tells me, I sacrifice them so that I can get the best. God Himself. Amen, friends? And let me tell you, if you are willing to do that, just try it. Try it. Whatever God is speaking to you, because I do not know your life, I do not know your situation, I do not know the details, but God knows. Amen? And if you just try it, this principle, and you see God work wonders, I guarantee you. So whichever it may be, it may be in your job, your business, your marriage, whatever you are struggling with, just try it. And God will do a miracle. Amen? So seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But let's get some context. I'm going to close now. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and I'm going to read from verse 19. Let us take heed to God's word. Jesus said, Do not store up treasures here on earth. Whoa. Are you listening? Do not, do not store up treasures here on earth because moth and rust can destroy. Thieves can break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves cannot break in and steal because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24, no man can serve two masters. That's why you must only have one wife, all right? No man can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to drink, clothes to wear, food and drink, clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not plant or harvest nor store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither work nor make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all of his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will He not take care of you, O you of little faith? So don't worry. Don't worry about these things, what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Are you listening, friends? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, 
But you, your heavenly Father knows what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen, friends. So like I said, today I'm not here to give you more knowledge, not here to give you more information. Agreed? I'm here to challenge you to make a difference in your life. What are you living for? What are you pursuing? And I pray that it is to obey God. Amen? To fulfill His will in your life. And then all, all the other things will be added unto you. Do you really believe that? Hello? Really? That if you put God first, the rest will follow. Now, if you believe that, praise God. Then do it. Amen, friends? We don't just want to know it. We want to do it. Come, let us pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this church, Grace Christian Church. I thank you for every brother and sister here. And I thank you for bringing me here this Sunday because we know there are no coincidences in the kingdom, only divine appointment. So I pray, dear God, that as this word goes forth, it will find a hiding place in our hearts and lives, that we will obey what your word says. Lord, I pray that we will open our hearts and receive your word because your word is for encouragement, for edification, but it is also for correction and sometimes rebuke. So Lord, may we be humble enough like Solomon to seek first your kingdom. And if you have shown us any area in our life that we have gone astray, if we have been distracted, Lord, forgive us Give us the strength, give us the humility to set it right. Amen, church? Yes. Thank you, Father. So I want to thank you. May we respond to your word. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with me. Beautiful song that they chose. We're going to sing it again. Listen, church, what I'd like us to do is this. Before we sing, right? Just give me one more minute. I'd like to open these altars. I don't know whether you're used to it, but listen. I don't want you to come because of me. I don't want you to come because you feel obliged. That's, that defeats the whole purpose. Are you with me? But I'd like to open these altars for those of you who say, Yes, Lord, I thank you for this message. You sent Lawrence Yao here specifically to point out this to me. And I want to put you first in my life. I want to ask God for the right thing in my life, especially those younger ones, because you still got a long road ahead of you. Amen? But not to discount the older ones. Even if you've got 10 years left, that's still a long time. Amen? The point is this. If you say, yes, Lord, I want to seek first your kingdom, and then I believe everything else will be added unto me. If you want to make that choice, please come. Is it all right? I'm not asking you to raise your hands. I'm asking you just to come. And I hope many of you will come. Not to me, but to make that commitment to God. Okay? And at the same time, those of you who may be struggling with something, our brother just now mentioned about bondage or certain uh, struggles you have. You come, seek God first, and God will help you in those areas as well. You believe that? Amen. Okay, so let's sing. Christ is enough for me. Amen.
He's enough for me. And He is enough for you. 